Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a fair bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And today I'm joined with Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. We're going to be discussing John's fourth chapter in A Clash of Kings and all the usual trigger warnings for violence, um, potential discussions of rape. I don't think there's too much going on in this one. It's kind of short, so um let's see uh so we'll jump right in um lord mormont and his officers are approaching the top of the fist of the first men um john's had to keep whistling for ghost who's kind of like going back and forth and kind of running off and he's assuming to hunt and um it's really steep stony. it was interesting because i actually had to kind of google what like i was curious what artists had interpreted it was way different than i was imagining in my head but i was sort of imagining like a traditional form but some people were pretty dramatic but um it's sort of described as steep, stony, and there's like this chest-high wall of tumbled rocks surrounding it. Um, you could see from, they sort of say from miles around, and they had to circle for a while to the west because they were looking for, because it's so stony and these, these you know, they call them the ring fort and like a big enough gap for all the horses to pass through. Um, they sort of uh, finally find some good ground and you're going to make up a camp and wait for the half-hand half hand. Uh, as they say, and uh, after the camp was set up, John decides to go down and look for Ghost, because Ghost would not, like, he was just, he's trying to get him to come up this hill, and he balked when they reached the ring for it. Um, they sort of, you're sort of saying that, oh, the concept is the first men in the Dawn Age had built it, and, you know, that's sort of the theory around it, and, you know, it's sort of got this, yeah, you get this sort of mystical feel about it, because, you know, Ghost is kind of sniffing and retreating, like, you know, he does not like it. Um, John, like, <laughs> physically, it's kind of funny, I was laughing, but, like, physically tries to force him through, but he's, he weighs as much as him, and he's, like, much stronger. Um, so he's just like, okay, go hunt, and he just goes back up to camp, and, um, I guess there's a little bit where he sort of, it's kind of, they're just kind of describe the setting, it's very kind of, you know, get this foreboding kind of mood about it, and he climbs atop a pile of, like, these jagged rocks to watch the sunset and Samuel comes up and he's like, you know, asking how he's feeling. And John doesn't want to, you know, especially to Sam, he doesn't want to share how like he's getting kind of fear, you know, fearful about this place. And, uh, they walk back to the camp together and he hears the Ravens calling his name. And I guess we could kind of stop. I don't know. There's too much to discuss at this part, but it's just kind of setting up the ambience of the whole, you know, creepy place. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best uh, idea. We'll get into the next part. <laughs> it seems like a... <laughs> I, I just find it odd that John wasn't really paying attention to what Ghost was like. No, I don't want to go in here. It's a problem. Um, like I don't like a kind of Ghost saying I don't think we should be here kind of thing. And John isn't really picking up on that. He's steadily trying to force him in. Yeah, because I mean, it feels like a tr- like in a sense, like it doesn't. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, do war planning, but it doesn't seem like the best idea to kind of, I get that they want to be high, but it seems like you're kind of blocking yourselves in. Yeah, so I don't yeah especially given the numbers that the they know the wildlings have, which, I mean, they address it later, but still it does kind of feel like, 
you're not giving yourself much place to go if something happens, I guess. Yeah, it's got, like, a good visual. Like, it sounds cool. Like, it sounds like a really, obviously, aside for the creepiness, it sounds cool. Um, so, uh, John returns to Mormont's tent, and he, uh, prepares hot wine for him, and he's sort of, you know, he's there, so he's hearing their discussions about this, uh, uh, Mormont and who else is there? It's like Mormont, Jarman back. I think it's is it Blackwell and Otten, Sir Otten Withers. Pronouncing that right? And uh, yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. They talk about how the wildlings have three thousand and they only have three hundred. I mean, three hundred is a lot. You know, it's it's a lot for them to t- like to risk losing, <laughs> but it's not a lot. It, I mean, know. that they <laughs> don't even have yet because they don't have the half hand in his men yet. So not even. At the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, total. That would be total. Jeez, and, and you know, it just—I don't know. Something feels a little. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the. You know, Mormont declares they must strengthen their defenses with pits and spikes. You know, in case it comes to battle. I I just don't see how they could. What, what the ultimate end goal is if if they thought it wasn't going to get you know, Harry. But um, he advises the Rangers to stay on their side of the river. Um. A few minutes later, like, or, you know, moments probably, John's, like, sort of thinking, like, you know, he, he or he asks John, like, what, you know, what do you think about this? And John's like, well, you know, he says he doesn't know how they're going to find his uncle. So that's kind of admitting that's where his thoughts are. And um, Mormont's, like, basically, whether they have 200 or 10,000 men, like, it's too vast of an area for them to search. Like, it's a needle in a haystack to try to find him. Um and he kind of nudges John, like, okay, so what am I getting at here? He's like, okay, it's easier because this is the high ground for, you know, one man, as he says, to find 200 than for 200 to find one. Um, you know, that concept is their fire should be visible from, as, to, you know, as far as the forest fangs. And if he's alive and free, he's going to come to them. And, but, you know, they get into it that they, you know, John's afraid of it. Mormont tells him he dreads the same thing, the possibility that he's already dead and a white and he could come at them, you know, as a white. Uh, yeah, which is pretty grim. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> this whole thing has like a very like I've been involved in like work situations where you get into something, you get deep, you get deep in the weeds, and there's always somebody who was saying way at the beginning like this is a really bad idea that got ignored. <laughs> yeah, and, and like with every like bit of information, it's like why are you there, Mormont? What the hell are you doing? You know. <sighs> Yeah, it just seems really, it seems really foolhardy. It's just... Yeah, and for his logic to be, the higher we are, like, we build a fire, this and that, Benjamin will see us. Well, so will any enemies. And and I mean... Yeah, and... and, and, You have a lot of those right now. You have a lot of them, yeah. And then they say, you know, like, in the next part, it's like, John uses an excuse to go down, but the water, it's at the bottom. So they have to go through the, like, they actually have guards, like, they have to go back and forth through these spikes and pits to, you know, to climb up a dead hill to even get water. So the limited supplies if somebody tries to... It's winter! (laughs) And that, and the cold... And, like, if you've got an enemy who wants to, like, screw you over, there you go. You you cut them off from the water supply, and you're you're good. You know, I just, I, I mean, you know, at the end of, uh, it's the end of Game of Thrones where, you know, you hear they're going off into the north to rescue Benjen and figure out what's going on, and it sounds great, but now I'm like, oh, this is just such a, they've lost that, you know, that sense of purpose. It, it seems like they're just... 
It's like the Donner Party. You yeah, because then what happens? Like, what would have happened if they'd all gotten killed? I mean, what's left? Like, I mean, that would have been a huge chunk of, like, the leadership of a... Uh, what a mess. I mean, that, that story would just stop effect like, pretty much <laughs> <I know what laughs> when done at the wall. <laughs> oh, because... So, uh, John goes... Um, he's done with, you know, Mormont's like, okay, I don't need any dinner now. After he had his wine, he's like, you, you know, you can, you're done. Um, uh, so John got, goes to the fire and is like, you know, right at this point he's feeling hungry and he finds, um, it's Dywin, Hake, Gren, and Dolores Ed are there. Um, they're all kind of talking about how this, like, they're getting really, like, bad vibes from that forest and they're all talking about it. Um. You know, it gets to the point where John's just like, okay, again, he, now he's not hungry anymore because he's like, okay, he gives his bowl to Greg because he's just like, okay, this is, to, he's finally, you know, now he's thinking about Ghost again. And he appears out of, you know, it's kind of this little, he appears out of the, like, the shadows and his eyes are glowing red, like, reflecting from the fire. Um, and he's kind of surprised, like, okay, he crossed the ring for, why the hell is he finally coming up here now? And it's, you know, sort of alarm bells are starting to go off finally. Uh, and he, you know, he's asking Ghost, like, he can respond, there's something out there, and Ghost does the whole, like, what is it, like, you know, why is it the lassie, like, look back, like, <laughs> walks a little, looks back, walks a little to get John to follow him, and, um, he tells the men, you know, when he gets, like I said before, they have this, you know, they have the people guarding the ring for it, and he's like, okay, use this excuse, I need to fetch water for the Lord Commander, so, uh, you know, grabs a torch, he's, Ghost is racing downhill. This sounds like, because even he thinks, like, oh, he could break his neck. Like, it doesn't sound like the best idea to be going down here. It's, like, worse when it's light out, but even worse when it's... It sounds ridiculous, <laughs> and he only has a torch. That <laughs> it just sounds like an awful idea, which he thinks as yeah. he's doing it. So he's very aware of the situation. Yeah. Brave or not, I don't think I would have been able to get down. I guess if you have Ghost, like, maybe that helps. He's thinking he has some protection. Um... He's shouting at him to stay closer, but he won't. He's like, this white shape is just swallowed up by the darkness. And he keeps, you know, he's going around. He follows him. He says a quarter of the way around the fist. Um, he finally finds Ghost. Like, this is just, I just have so many questions about how Ghost found it. Like, what is there some, you know, we'll get into more, some kind of magical thing going up play here. But so he's digging to the ground. Um and right off, John notices, okay, this stuff is loose and sandy. It's not like stones. There's no roots here. This is something someone buried recently. Um, his fingers touch the cloth. He's, you know, he's like, okay. He's, and they talk about this, the spill, the glittering contact spill onto the ground. Um, uh, he includes like a dozen knives, spearheads, numerous arrowheads. And John picks up a dagger blade. Um, he recognizes what it is. And I'll read this last part here. Um, Dragon glass, what the maesters called obsidian, had ghost uncovered some ancient cache of children of the children of the forest, um, buried here for thousands of years. The fist of the first men was an old place. Only beneath the dragon glass was an old war horn made from an aurochs horn and banded in bronze. John shook the dirt from inside it, and a stem, uh, sorry, a stream of arrowheads fell out. He let them fall and pulled up a corner of the cloth. The weapons had been wrapped in, rubbing it between his fingers. Good wool, thick, a double weave, damp but not rotted. It could not have been here long in the ground, and it was dark. He seized a handful and pulled it close to the torch. Not dark, but black. Okay. <laughs> and we had a couple of questions that kind of all revolve around the, the obvious is this Benjamin. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to just read all yeah. the questions yeah. now because <laughs> we'll they're all pertaining to this. Yeah. So Ancient Octagon on Reddit, um, they ask, who do you think left the uh, cache of Dragonglass and the Ranger's Cloak? Was it Benjen? Um, Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Um, they say, when I first read this chapter, I was convinced when Ghost led John to a mound of dirt that he was going to find Benjen there. Do you think Benjen was the one who left the Dragonglass weapon, weapons there? And if so, where did he get them? And Buck O'Hare on Discord, they, uh, they asked, so that's the Horn of Winter, right? Also, how bad of a how bad idea um, how bad of an idea was it camping at the fist of the first man? <laughs> <laughs> it was like everybody agrees. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know about I assumed it was Benjamin, but like who knows? I mean, it seems likely it's Black Wool, right? Yeah. I mean, he finds um, like I don't know who else would be leaving them. Although why Benjamin's burying them, I don't know. Yeah, the only other good, what, cold hands, since that we know they're not the same person in the books oh, anyway. Um, so possibly cold hands. But again, why bury them there specifically, I guess? I don't know. And it was sounds like it was obscured a little bit. Because if, if I'm imagining in my head right that there were some fallen trees and forests. and I mean, Oh, that, it seems like they went through a lot to get yeah. over there. Yeah, so it's it's that's why it's weird. Like, I could even more believe a body. Like, I know... Probably the direwolves might have even more super strong scent than a dog would, but the fact that unless there was a trail, but do you think the snow would? I don't know. I, I just kind of find it hard to like. How the heck did he find this? I absolutely think it's magic. It has to. Be, it has to. Be. I mean, how else? Like, what are the chances? Because otherwise, you think why not just bury it? I mean, that I guess would be too much chance of anything else finding it, too, if they buried it at the fist. Like, exactly. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Right at the center or something. Where like an extra. <laughs> I'm confused on that point. Because there's another horn they find in. Um, oh, no, maybe it is. There's a, in the Storm of Swords. I'm on the wiki right now, which okay. is how I do my. How yeah, I roll. no, I but, looked a little bit. I, so, what does that say? Because I was looking at other stuff. It's saying, okay, I didn't get to the part about the cash, but I just looked up Horn of Winter. And um, in Storm, Ygritte tells John that Mance and the Free Folk have been looking for the Horn of Winter. Oh. Um, and during a parlay, um, Mance shows John a large war horn eight feet, eight feet long said to be over a thousand years old but i don't know if that's the same this is the thing i mean you could have like a bunch of these things and you're not gonna know yeah because i, I horns feel like, like this if are... this one was eight feet long there <laughs> would have had to have been mention of it <laughs> it just seems wild that there wouldn't be but i mean it is widely believed that this is the horn and maybe it is mentioned the size is mentioned later because it it says a good like a stream of um more dragon glass fell out. So it very well could be a very large horn and they're just used to large horns. So maybe that's why. Oh. I looked up, all right, I found this one. It's called the old war horn in the wiki, I guess, to distinguish it between. And it says that they don't really know what it is. It's not concluded. And then it, it shows up again in feast. And um, when Sam is in Bravos, he's still got the horn. And even oh. though he's Okay. He has to trade away all his stuff at some point. He doesn't have much left, but he still has the horn at the end of the trade. Oh, so that might be it. 
So there's there, and it it does say in the wiki that there's a theory that this broken modest horn may be the legendary horn of winter. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's small enough that they talked about making it into a drinking horn, so okay. it can't be eight okay. feet long unless they're all gonna do cake. So maybe it's kind of like in Indiana Jones where they have the chalices and everybody thinks it's the gold chalice, but it's the brown, you know, the wooden one, the little like the little cup. Yeah, yeah, the it's the one you don't yeah, think yeah. it is. <laughs> everybody talks about it as being some grandiose thing. Feels like there's a dick joke in there somewhere. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, and if it is, and then that, I guess that would add to the question, how did Benjamin get his hands on it? Yeah. And, and if, and this. if that horn can do like, it's, it can bring the wall down. Why would he leave it and not destroy it? Why would you want to keep that around? And why wouldn't anybody have just thought to, you know, you're messing around. You're like, you know, somebody gets drunk. Like, <laughs> and then they just, they just blow it. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, there's a lot of dick jokes here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Is there anything else? Like it was just such a concise chapter. I'm trying to think if we missed anything. Like there it was, there wasn't a ton of like, I don't know. We didn't even get a ton of info about stuff. We got some just descriptives of the the you know the geography a little bit. But yeah, it was a lot of the scenery yeah. things. I mean, he spent a good deal talking about how Mormont likes his hot spice wine, which sounded <laughs> really did. good. He did. <laughs> I was the whole thing with no lemons. That was saffron heresy. But he likes spiced berries and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> that was funny. I actually never had mulled wine. I've thought about it, but I've always been afraid of like wasting like a you know a decent bottle of wine and you know ending up with garbage. Yeah. But I think we made it years ago. It wasn't too hard. It didn't taste that bad, but it wasn't amazing. But it, I'm sure other people could make it better. <laughs> Just send us the recipes if they have. <laughs> yeah, send us, send us your, your mold wine. Yeah, recipes, if anybody has please. a good, yeah, good recipe. Oh, gosh. Any other thoughts on the chapter? I don't, like I said, I don't really have anything else to add. Like, it's, uh, you know, it got us the dragon glass, I guess. <laughs> Did what it needed to yeah. do. I'm good. <laughs> Go, ghost. <laughs> You can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here on t- at tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brand subreddit and follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google play stitcher, wherever you listen and please support us on Patreon at close the door. I'm closing the door. Get out. <laughs>